Hola, Americanos. It is the Loftus Party, a post-Thanksgiving Loftus Party. A very, very pilgrim-esque Loftus Party. There are some big happenings going on in, in the crew's life. Andrew Apple, you were trying to get home from Chicago. You got stuck in Vegas. Holy smokes, guy. Yeah, that's the last place you, you want to get stuck. I mean, they're even admitting at this point in Vegas that they're trying to take your money. You know, I, I, I they were selling shirts that said City of Lost Wages. Oh, yeah. They, they, I love getting stuck in Vegas. I love the Vegas airport. That if you're gonna get, at least you can get, at least you can gamble. How long were you there? Uh, a cu- couple of hours. It was supposed to be a 45 minute layover, but because we had weather here on the West Coast, everything went crazy. There was a video poker machine in Vegas before they redid the terminal. I would go through a lot, the Southwest Terminal. I would hit that flipping machine for like 300 bucks every time. Every t- it was like an ATM. It was awesome. <laughs> did, did you it, i couldn't believe it it was and they always say to play the machines on the end play the machines on the end because that's where most people play your odds go up a little bit i don't know i found that to be the case but i would always search out uh seek out and find this one video poker machine it was fantastic did you gamble at all i, I didn't i was too busy running around trying to figure out what was happening plus i get hungry when, when i fly so I, you know i first thing i did when i got off that plane was i was like i gotta find me some food and to, to what'd you get uh, sushi. Yeah, nothing better than airport sushi. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they, they had a payway. They had a payway. Okay. Is that like a gas station? That sounds like a gas station, a payway. P E I W E I. I tell you, I, a payway. It's a. <laughs> it sounds like a gas station on the New Jersey Turnpike. I'm gonna stop at Payway, fill up. They got it for two twenty four a gallon down there at the Payway. They give you a free lighter. I, I, I got two packs of Lucky Strikes for sixteen dollars. They're they're practically giving them away at the Payway. I would not get sushi from Payway. All I right. know no one from New Jersey that sounds like that. They're everywhere. I just <laughs> drove across the country pretty much, and yeah. hillbillies are everywhere. They're everywhere. They're taking over the planet. Stacy, you scratched your cornea. You were you were not the the regular. Uh, freedom gypsy or the liberty gypsy you were actually the conservative pirate you were uh, yeah, the libertarian the pirate. pirate yep the yep. liberty had pirate the, had the eye patch rocking yes yes and uh did not realize how painful that was so i don't recommend it don't sleep in your contact lenses that's the lesson there i think that is the lesson they say you <laughs> can do it they say you can do it but my eye doctor always said don't don't and i go but it says on the box you can do it don't and he wasn't – he did not mince words. He meant what he said. Yeah. Uh, one of the most painful things that has gone on in a long time, and I, I highly recommend you avoid it at all costs. And it's got, it's one of those things when you get something stuck in your eye, you don't realize how much you blink. <laughs> well, right? Like have yeah. you ever hurt – well, you've, you've hurt your neck. Um, yep. I, I hurt my back. You don't realize how many subtle little moves there are to your back and to your neck. And, and it's like with your eye, you never think about how much you blink. You never think about how much you use your thumbs. Well, you hurt your thumb. I don't know where this conversation is going. However, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it wholeheartedly. So yeah. be careful out there, America. Be careful. The other wholly attractive thing when you have something going on with your eye that you just can't can't stop is not only does your eye water like, you know, Niagara Falls, so you yeah. look like you're constantly crying, your nose runs like a sieve. 
<laughs> it's so a if, very attractive thing, let me tell if you. If I'm you, if I'm you, I go into Target or some some store and I just stand there and weep like a two-year-old. I was trying to get a good deal on this Bissell <laughs> super vacuum and they wouldn't give it to me. I could have used it to augment my my Black Friday savings, huh? It's the yeah. ultimate con. Did anybody do Black Friday? Andrew, no. I don't think you did. No, not you did. I, I've done We're it in the past, on. but this year I was just it, it was much easier to to sleep and uh stay in bed after the turkey. I've never done it. I have never done a Black Friday. It seems completely stupid. I have and I have been the woman at Walmart putting her hand on a computer for her children and standing there for three hours. So no oh my gosh. Yes, oh I have been gosh. there. I have elbowed people out of the way. However, I have two words that have saved my life. Amazon Prime, done. Well, now that's what I'm saying. Like, don't <laughs> they have like rain checks? Can't you say, hey, you offered it at this price and I want to come back and get it when you've got more? Yeah, but you I mean, have to just show yeah. up to do it. So like if you go to Best Buy and you stand in line, they'll be like, hey, uh, if you came in for this computer at this price, here's a rain check. As long as you come back within the next 24 hours, we will honor this price. That's how they keep oh, these crazy Lord. lines down. So you still have to show up, though. Well, then oh, a, lot of time, a lot of times they're like, we have 12 of these and we're going to put them on some crazy fire sale price just to get you in the store. Yeah. So that, if you're not like one of the first three people online, you're not getting one of them. That's things. what Best Buy did. They do it every year. This year they were selling a 43-inch 4K TV for $200, and they had like what? three of them. But they had three of them. Yeah. This is funny. I'm so glad you brought this up. I always wanted to do, and maybe I'll do it on Kevin Can Wait. I, I wanted to do an episode of Anger Management where Charlie Sheen and his therapy group is waiting in line for just such of a deal, right? Like a bunch of like people with anger issues are parked out in front of Best Buy because they know there's only four of these TVs available and they want to be first in line and they're arguing with people. I think that'd be a good episode of television. I should do it. I've seen it done once. I'm sure, in fact, that you can do it better. Who did it? Who did it? It was the short-lived Jimmy Fallon produced sitcom Guys with Kids. They had Anthony Anderson's character doing it. Oh, Guys with Kids. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just not going to do that when you can go on Amazon and their all-new Fire TV stick with everything is $29. Their 7-inch tablet is $33. I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to those stores. Well, so I thought you said you did it this year. Where'd you go? No, I didn't do it this year. I have done it in years past. Like when I had small children and, and, and you know, you had to do the big Christmas surprise deal and all of that. Yes, I went out late at night or very early in the morning to, and that, you know, my children are old enough that that was before they started opening late on Thanksgiving Day, which I think is criminal. Um, really, just wait till the next morning or at least wait until midnight. Let people you know what? Been. God bless those places, the places that didn't open up on Thanksgiving. They're like, we're yeah. staying closed. Go go home. Be with your family. That's, That's wonderful. Why I love Chick-fil-A. They, they probably took a huge – yeah, they probably took a huge loss, but the, the God bless them for doing it. So, yeah, I did that stuff when the kids were young and they had these crazy deals on things I might not have been able to afford otherwise. Um, but, yeah, no, I haven't done the Black Friday thing actually going out in probably ugh, six, seven years. Wow. I've never done it. Never going to do it. Never going to do it. I spent about 22 hours in my car. I drove from Long Island to Columbus, Ohio. 
uh, spent a day and a half with my family, and then I drove back to Long Island yesterday. And wow, wow, wow. What an eye-opener. What an eye-opener. They say they're going to do a recount on Trump in Pennsylvania. I will save Jill Stein a lot of money right now. That state went for Trump. There is no need for a recount. Just and and holy smoke! Here's another thing, America. This is this this is maybe a Michael Topi. I don't know. I just want to bitch about stuff right now. Those turnpikes are expensive. You know, it cost me like sixty seven dollars. Like I, I I just made that number up. It was a lot of money. It was very specific. It's like eighteen bucks to cross the Staten Island Bridge to get off Long Island to get into New Jersey. It's going to cost you sixteen bucks. They have to be swimming in cash in New York swimming in cash then you got to pay for the pennsylvania turnpike you got to pay for the jersey turnpike you got to pay to cross this bridge and access to that road and give me five bucks you just looked at that flipping sidewalk it was insanely uh expensive but then you drive through uh pennsylvania that's just straight up trump country that's just straight up trump country i saw three or four billboards for trump a couple anti-hillary there's like those little trump pence signs everywhere Jill Stein, at this point, I think she's just making money. I really do. I, I don't think there's anything to this recount. She's just making money for her party because she's smart. Because well, and she's there was smart. something something that came out yesterday that some of the recounting she had originally wanted to do may not be possible. And I mean, it was just all, oh, this was completely fraudulent. So I'm not really sure what she's intending on doing with the money. So uh, she's going to she's going to make the green part bigger is what she's going to do. Go ahead, yeah. Andrew. Well, because uh, what you're referring to specifically is uh, Dan Abrams' website, Law News. He came out and he went through the fine print, and it's and what she said was some of the money may not be used to have the recount, and if it can't, it'll be used for other election purposes. And then as time went on, uh, the terms of service for donating, they, they just got tweaked a little bit more here and there to a way that if, if Jill Stein wanted to, she didn't have to spend the money for a recount. Right. And like when, when she started the endeavor, she's like, please, I need to make, I need to raise uh, $2 million to make sure the Russians didn't uh, rig our election. She made two hundred. Uh, she made two million dollars in the blink of an eye, and quickly she's like, "I meant, I meant five million. I need, I need five million to make sure this is a fair election." And then she got that fast. I'm sorry, did I say five? I, I need, I need seven million to make sure this is fair. It's, uh, it's just, it reeks of fraud at this point. And if you look at the margin of victory, just from, and and I think they count these votes the first time. Granted, I listen. I would be the first guy if I thought there was something wackadoodle about it. If Trump lost to Hillary and I thought something was wacky, I'd be donating. But nothing looks wacky. Even the three like computer experts who are behind Jill Stein, like two of them now have said there's nothing really wacky. There's nothing weird about it at all. However, you know, go ahead and recount them. Good for you. Good luck. Well, that well was and who, who is she doing it for is my question. I mean, there's no doubt that Jill Stein didn't win any of these states. I mean, is this some kind of like collusion between the Democrats and the Green Party so that maybe Jill Stein looks a little bit foolish instead of, you know, the Democratic machine? I, I don't know. But why in the world would she be doing this, especially since she's a huge fan of Vladimir Putin and Russia? <laughs> 
I have no idea. Like it's the hypocrisy on both sides. The hypocrisy is of such a ginormous proportion. Jill Stein says Hillary Clinton is going to lead us straight into a nuclear war. She's going to she's going to lead us straight into a nuclear war. And you're like, hey, Jill, you can relax because Donald Trump won. She, oh, we better recount that. What does she want the nuclear war lady to win? Like, What do you want, Jill Stein? Well, Are you trying to kill us now? And so here's the thing. It, it's impossible to defend Jill Stein. This is clearly a woman who does not actually want to make a difference in the world. She's just going after power in some way. If she wanted to make a difference and she wanted to be in government, there are other offices that you normally run for before you just decide to run for president a couple of times and continually lose. However, this is the one thing that really struck me, and I want to get your opinion on this. Forget the fact, like just completely ignore the fact that Something weird happened in the fact that the person who lost got two million votes more than the person who won. I think that at the very least gives us a, a place for conversation about what we're doing in the election. But also, okay. we've been wrong a lot on this podcast. We got some things right, but we've got some things wrong. And I'm at the point where I can't even make a call about what's going to happen in this recount like what if something weird does come out what's the problem in just letting this thing play out when the money was raised privately and it seems as of this recording wisconsin is actually going ahead with the recount oh i think they all will i mean you have that right as a citizen i guess you raise the money you raise the money to pay for it and they'll count them again hey count them again and and I, i will be i will be forthright and upfront. I'm all about the paper ballot. I'm all about, I like the way they do it in Los Angeles where you've got the little ink blot, you make your mark and, and you, you have that sucker counted. Electronic voting machines scare the heck out of me. But how many of these states used electronic voting machines? Well, the, the, I mean, I, I know think, I do here in Georgia. I think it's a great process, but, um, electronic voting machines. Well, they're actually touchscreen computers, and you touch what you're going to vote. You know, you have no, thank you, no, thank you, and you touch, and then it says that once you're finished, it shows you this is who you voted for. Is this correct? And you have a chance to verify it, and then you hit submit. Yeah, and that's when that's when the hackers take over, and they secretly change the code to make you vote for the person they want you to vote. Nope, give me a paper, give me a paper ballot every single time. That I can see where I made the mark and I hand it in. Yeah, but then you get caught in St. Paul, like unloading trunkfuls of paper ballots and loading the machines. Good. Seriously, what? they got caught. They got caught. Well, yeah, but not everybody gets caught. <laughs> well, then that's why. Listen, hopefully, listen. It, it some good c- can come out of this. I'm with Andrew, a hundred and ten percent. You want to recount them? Uh, go for it, and let's make sure that there's enough. People there watching the process to make sure it's all on the up and up. I'm all for that. But electronic you know, voting machine, negative. Count if, if, if she's raised the money and has a contingent of the population that feels strongly about it, go for it. Yeah. Um, no problem with it at all. Uh, you but know, the whole, think- the whole, uh, the whole popular vote notion, I, I think, and I can't believe that this many people are like missing this in terms of the media pundits and the people you watch on MSNBC and CNN. Uh, New York. Los Angeles, you have these giant cities where you can win the popular vote just by getting enough votes there. Well, well yeah, and, and I mean, that, that's the entire reason the Electoral College was set up. And somebody actually did an analysis that said if 
the Electoral College was put together the same way that the congressional districts are for the House of Representatives, Trump still would have won. So what you forget and what we do a really lousy job of teaching people, you know, going through schools at this point in time, is this is a federation of states. It is not states being subservient to the federal government. And while sometimes it feels that way now, that was never the way it was intended to be. And it would be radically wrong in that type of federation for the votes of people in New York City and Los Angeles to completely override the entire state of Georgia. Hear, hear. I am all about a constitutional republic. Yes. I'm a big fan of it. And yeah. there's mob really rules. great mob videos rules out there. Mob rules is terrifying. You know, and, and then you have the whole theory of the tyranny of the majority. And it, any identity group on the progressive left should really understand what the tyranny of the majority is. Um, for example, the LBGTQ community. There are only three states where gay marriage was passed by referendum. Everything else has been enforced by the courts. Well, then we're getting into a moral argument versus, you know, a, a populist argument, because we can go back and say just because something is popular doesn't mean it's right. So, I mean, if you want to stand here exactly. and, and so, I mean, if you want to stand here and say that, well, you know, slavery was approved by the popular vote. Well, you know, then then you're defending slavery. It's just because people want something doesn't necessarily mean that it should be OK if it's legal, and just because everybody in California wanted or L.A. wanted Hillary Clinton doesn't mean that's right either oh. for the rest of the country. And, and, and no I one's think- saying it is. But we're still living in a scenario where we are divided because the information still says we have one person who won the electoral vote and one person who won two million more votes than him. And again, two million votes is a drop in the piss bucket. I, I that that really doesn't. You can find two million votes in Los Angeles. That's that's the whole electoral college system. And, and the entire the entire surplus of that is really coming from California. But again, if we taught history correctly, that's happened five other times in our history, and the republic has not fallen apart. Baboom. Well, it's Ba-boom. so. <laughs> but let's talk but, about slavery. This is the fascinating thing about it. This is the fascinating thing about it. I mean, and again, this is where we get into a fun to know fact. How many of those times did it lead to uh, a Democratic victory and how many times did it lead to a Republican victory? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. What's the answer, Andrew? Six of the the seven, there was a Democratic majority and a Republican winner. Wow. And how did it work out? Well, did we make it? Did we make it? We we well, yeah, we made it. <laughs> Woo! Yay! We made it, you guys. Did we still go to well, the moon? But the other thing you also have to look at is a map, okay? And the counties that went red and the counties that went blue. And if you really think those bright blue spots on the west coast, a couple in in the, in the center of the the country and up around New York City, should be telling all those people in those red counties who's going to be president. I mean, you would have a way more divisive situation there. And then you're basically telling the governors of those states they have no say. And this is the conversation that we're not having right now. So that's why I appreciate that we get to take the time to do this. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the, the electoral shift in the number of counties that voted Democrat versus Republican. And if you look at the country as a whole, I believe there's three or four states right now 
there's, that there's still have, it, and New York is not one of them, which shocked me, that have a Democratic state house and a Democratic governor. Four. I think there's 13 where that's Republican. The rest are split. What this is supposed to be is 50 states that all get to decide on what they want to do. Uh, and each state is separate and equal and all that wonderful stuff. And if we're all attacked, uh, the states all team up and they repel the attack. There's strength in unity. However, we are different states, 50 separate but equal wonderful states. W popular vote is wonderful, and that's great. And if I was on the losing side of it, I'd be wrapping myself up in the popular popular vote 110%. However, it's it's L.A., it's Chicago, it's New York, it's these big uh, urban centers that are not going to dictate how the rest of the country goes. You can't do it that way. The Iroquois Indians knew it. Ben Franklin knew it. And I can't believe the Founding Fathers knew it because that was some wise, wise stuff right there. Whoever came up with the Electoral College, that was some wise, wise stuff. Yep. Well, Castro's dead, and I won't shed a tear for that son of a bitch. Bye-bye, Castro. Uh, and here's the other thing. This should scare you. This should scare – like Stacey had that incredible thing with if if you're afraid of Donald Trump being president, you know, you think the government's too big, Right. Here's how bad the, the federal government is. The, how many times did the CIA try to kill Castro? And they couldn't even do that. They couldn't <laughs> even do that. I have zero faith in our government. You can't kill Castro? Come on. That had to have been that, that had to have been a lot easier than they thought. Or just Kennedy's administration was just that bad. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm or ranked. they were afraid it was really gonna piss Russia off. That's probably what it was. Yeah. There you go. Like, okay, so like, here comes Stacy. Here comes the Liberty Pirate with her cold hard facts. Yeah, no, it's more like, yeah, we're going to make America feel good because we're going to say we tried to kill him, but we can't actually kill him because we don't want to piss off Khrushchev. <laughs> right. Like like Kennedy was calling Khrushchev. Hey, buddy, that's going to be a uh, an article in the newspaper you're going to read like we tried to kill Castro. We really didn't try to do it that big guy. We really didn't. Uh, thanks for being cool. Put your shoe back on. I'll take you to Disneyland. <laughs> Woo! History people cracking up across the country. So, um, Jill Stein, she's here. Oh, oh, I wanted to circle back to this really quickly because I've said it again on this podcast, and I'll say it again. Like, now is the time, libertarians. Now is the time. And this is like Jill Stein. She's doing it. She's raising a boatload of money for the Green Party. She is making hay while the sun shines. And what are the libertarians doing? When's the last, when's the last time you heard out of Gary Johnson? Well, you know, five new states made recreational use okay, so they're happy. Well, that's incredibly dangerous. That's incredibly <laughs> dangerous. But the libertarians, get your act together. Start. Go. Begin. Jill Stein's not waiting. And here's – I'm, I'm, I'm all over the board. Um, the Democratic Party, they, they're, they're trying to pursue this agenda – the mainstream media, even on Fox News and stuff, like the Democratic Party's in total disarray. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And, and the Democratic Party is fine. They are fine 110 percent. Their problem, they ran Hillary Clinton. I think any other candidate would have beat the snot out of Donald Trump. The only way we get President Trump is that he ran against Hillary Clinton. So if you're a Democrat, don't buy into this. There is no reason to freak out. Here's the bad thing. Hillary Clinton, she had uh, she had to have a couple of, what do you call it, shills in there? Just a couple of like, what do you call that when 
like snake oil salesmen. They'd have the people in the audience who would be, oh, I tried it and it worked. They had a couple of patsies in there, and that's where they messed up. That's where they met. They lost faith in the democracy that got them here. They lost faith in the constitutional republic that got them there. They shouldn't have run Hillary Clinton. That You should not. It wasn't her turn. It was not her turn. And I tell you, here comes the atomic bomb, and, and I'm going to call it right now. Do you know who's going to run for president in 2020? Who's On that? On the Democratic what? side? Michelle Obama. See, I think she's going for the Senate in 18. Yeah, I'm I'm more with Stacey on this one. I think that there is potential down the line for that to be true, but I don't think that they would run Obama. I think that the Democrats are probably going to go back to a male candidate because they're going to look at this from a sexist standpoint more than a we ran a very mediocre, corrupt candidate uh, and put the excuses there. Who beats Michelle Obama? Who beats Michelle Obama? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, That's who. Nobody. Yeah, and and I mean, I, honestly, I would be uh, much less surprised to run Cory Booker in twenty twenty. He sort of yep. seems to be the heir apparent right now. Ugh. Which is horrible. But what has Cory Booker ever done? Uh, he was a mayor in New Jersey. He's currently in the Senate, and uh, he he actually did give one of the more rousing speeches at the Democratic National Convention this year, which is sort of the yeah. way that Obama ascended. I tell you, I remember when Obama gave that speech back, what, 10 years ago? 2004, yeah. Yeah, and a buddy of mine called me up, and he's like, did you see that? And I'm like, holy smoke, yes, I did. Who is that young man? Who is that young man? And that dude, magic. Barack Obama is magic. And there, there's no stopping magic. Very tough to stop magic. I've played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I've played a, a lot of Elder Scrolls <laughs> online. Hard to stop. And Michelle has got it too. I'm Listen, <laughs> I've lost sleep. <laughs> Thinking about this, I can't believe why, why, why is there even a debate? Oh my gosh, an African American woman, a woman, woman. I, 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 there are some people who would say that's not true. I've seen some disturbing images on the internet. However, I don't know who beats her. I don't know. She's been there, done that. She knows the White House. Uh, good Lord in heaven. Well, I, in, in, I don't even know why it's a conversation. Well, in 2020, who would it be besides either Trump or Pence? It ain't going to be Mike Mike Pence. Eh, I, I think I, I, he, he, here's what's interesting, because there were a few things that went down this week. And Stacey and I were going back and forth about this on Twitter, where th there is a strong possibility that uh, Trump will either not want to run come 2020 or uh, even the possibility that he may get impeached before then. And if that's the case, who would step up? Why would why would Trump get impeached? He, he's already got some – and I'm not saying that the Republicans would vote to impeach him because I do not believe they would. Um, he has just installed his White House counsel, which is something yeah. he, he really, really needs to keep him out of trouble. Um, there have been a couple things that are about as concrete as some of the things that you saw with the Clinton Foundation. You know, somebody gave a speech and, ooh, somebody got something over here. Um, you know, Donald Trump gets elected. He has a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden his permit problems in Argentina go away. Those are bad things. Th those are bad optics and they need to stop. So he needs that White House counsel. And I will I will bet you it's going to get better because he does have some smart people around him. Um, 
But what I will say is I don't think, I think this is going to be enough of a change in his lifestyle and not being able to be in New York and, and having, you know, having to not use his plane, use Air Force One. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that I think he maybe wasn't expecting that if he comes in and does a few things that he's promised in the next four years, I think he would set Pence up. I, he's going to be 74 years old at that point. I don't know that he's going to want to run for a second term. Yeah, he might do a Teddy Roosevelt thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I, I, you're going to have a hard time with Pence. You're going to have a hard time with Pence. Pence is one of those po- one of those completely boring, predictable Republicans. Like, it's one of the things that I'm, like, struggling against. I'm so tired of the boring Republican. I'm so just infuriated with this big gray ball of bleh. That's what makes oh Trump God. so refresh. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. I'm like, I'm sick of like, we need a new T-shirt. Latinos are great. Here's our good new bumper sticker. It is a yawn fest. It is a snooze fest. Well, I can't I mean, stand I'm them. Very... I find them to be incredibly boring. I am, I... I am going my own way. I'm going my own way, and they will catch up to me, but they are a bunch of douchebag losers. Well, and I will say that the uh, racist meme with with Trump is going to get harder to employ because he's now got a pretty diverse initial uh, foray into his cabinet appointments. Well, I tell you, the, the Mitt Romney thing I find disturbing. And, and what, right now, here's what I think is going on with Mitt Romney. I think Trump is going to make that dude jump through all these hoops. I just think it's going to be an apology parade and then he's going to go another way. <laughs> yeah, but going with Rudy Giuliani scares the crap out of me. Those are the two in contention. Why? 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 What policy decision? What policy? What does he get to do? You're an errand boy. You're an errand boy. Here's my grocery list. Go tell those jerks in uh, North Korea this is what I want. Errand boy. But it's and then Errand boy comes it's back. about personality more than anything else. And and Rudy Giuliani, he has been very loud, very brash. And like it or not, one of the things that Hillary Clinton was actually praised for when she was Secretary of State was that she had a lot of nuance when she dealt with these foreign countries. And Rudy She Giuliani- was a nothing. She was a nothing. All she did was fly around and make crooked deals. Like that, this whole I- Iranian nuke thing that she started on the down low. Uh, here's some, here's some nuclear, here's some u- uranium for Russia. She did nothing. Secretary of State does nothing. It's not 1780. You know, we're not going to go over to France and go, wow, Secretary of State, what have you been up to for the past two years? Well, I've done this and I've done that. No, you're a glorified errand boy. Yeah, but here's what I would like in a glorified errand boy is some affinity for international relations that might be able to influence or coach Donald Trump, who really doesn't. I mean, that's a place where he's lacking. I would at least like a good coach and counselor. And you're just looking at you're you're taking nothing to the table. You're looking at. No, he brings everything to the table. There's a wonderfulness. You got to steer into the curve on this. I'd love to have Rudy Giuliani show up in Putin's desk and have him be like, listen, I don't know how you've been doing things for the past eight years, but there's a new guy in town and uh, X, Y and Z. And Putin's like, but we don't do it like that. Hillary said this was cool. Hey, dude, I don't know. I'm just the errand boy. But if you don't uh, shut down X, Y and Z, 
we're going to have problems. There's a that you got to steer into the naivete of it all. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about with Rudy, Rudy Giuliani as Secretary of State. All right, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, it sounds like. to, I, I, and I love Rudy Giuliani. I love what he did with New York City. He was America's mayor after 9-11. I think he's done a lot of wonderful things. I, he terrifies me as Secretary of State. Nah, he doesn't, get, he doesn't get any nuclear codes. He doesn't get to do anything. He is a errand boy. Uh, so anyway, I want Mitt Romney to pay a little bit. I want, I want some, sh- some schadenfreuden on that Mitt Romney dude. I can't even believe – like I can see Trump like meeting with the guy and I guess making him jump through a couple hoops. I think a public apology would be nice, some kind of statement, uh, and then you kick him to the curb. Yeah, but he's taken on his Department of Education secretary and she supported someone else and never supported Trump. Nikki Haley was not a Trump supporter and she's going to go to the UN. He's not, he's not holding that as criteria right now. She fits a slot, Nikki Haley. She fits a, it's, that's, that's the very thing that I hate about politics. That's what I hate. I'll show them. I'll appoint this woman and then they'll say, I do I do have diversity. That's the part. No, that he bores appointed KT McFarland, which is a good choice. He, he, um, what's her, uh, the department DeVos. Betty, yeah. Betty DeVos, which Betty DeVos. I, uh, I, I made my opinions clear on, on her last week. The, I'm just glad you love Betty DeVos. No, nope. you have, you have, you have warm feelings for Betty DeVos. You want to get next to Betty DeVos. The That's one what thing I, I will say about Betty DeVos, I'm glad that he looks great to bikini over, <laughs> over Michelle. <Ree. laughs> you know what? I, I'm glad he picked her over Michelle Ree because Michelle Ree was an unknown. And I would always rather fight the devil I know when Betty DeVos, who wants charter schools, who wants uh, religious education in public schools, so that we can at least have a conversation about that. Yeah, okay, that's cool. As long as you're happy. All of this stuff. Listen, it's, it's the media, you guys. It's the media. People are terrified. People are it's and it, his, this is going to really bite him in the ass. They've got Trump under such a microscope. And what's that little Hitler doing now? What's that fascist doing now? What is that racist Bannon doing now? They've got everyone so wound up that when nothing happens, that's what's going to bite him in the ass. There well, is agree. there is no giant Nazi plot. There are, there aren't going to be guard towers on every corner. Uh, and it's I. When I was back in Ohio, some friends of my relatives, who I guarantee did not vote for Donald Trump, they literally, literally had fear in their eyes. Like, they're terrified. I had no idea how bad it was. I thought maybe it was bad. It is mu- These people who are protesting, uh, I'm sure some of them are getting uh, coupons from the Soros Foundation, but I think a lot of people are protesting because they are that frightened. And oh, when nothing disagree. happens, it's going to be a huge letdown. And and I tell you what, this we we were talking about her last week. This A.M. Joy, this Joy Reid chick on MSNBC, good lord in heaven, like she's she's dancing right on the edge of treason. Like like, what are you doing? Are you trying to incite violence at this time? Somebody really needs to to check that girl. And you look at like it. She trends on Twitter, and people are like, "Thank God for Joy Reid." And you're like, "Wow, this is some really, really scary re- rhetoric. Really, really frightening stuff." No, well, I mean, you know, when you take a look at the entire last couple years, right? <laughs> We're the right wing nut jobs, right? People who want small government, 
yeah be able to carry our guns you know people like me who live out in the in the in the freedom bunker bunker um but no people like me with my political beliefs have burned inner cities have lit, lit things on fire have um you know purported that maybe law enforcement you know as a whole are just really bad people um you look at the actual violence and destruction and things that actually happen, and most of that has come from the far progressive left. Oh yeah, that they've got uh, people worked up into a frenzy. Yeah. You can't if you, if you go out and you just you say you can't do honest journalism because Donald Trump is such a monster and such a he is the rebirth of Adolf Hitler and Lucifer's baby. He is the embodiment of pure evil. You cannot say that for a year and a half all over the airways and expect people not to be afraid. And well, that no, is what you going also on. can't say that for a year and a half over the airwaves. And then yesterday, mourn the loss of Fidel Castro. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> I mean, the, that is like the, that's that some is real. The, that's um, some real topsy turvy stuff right there. It, that is the most in, like intellectually dishonest thing I can possibly think of. I mean, cognitive dissonance just all over the map. But there is a uh, there was an op-ed in the New York Times, I think uh, yesterday, where th they've had an all-time level of complaints against the New York Times, and and guess what conclusion they've reached at the New York Times that people need an honest reflection of reality. They have reached they have reached that conclusion. <laughs> that, that like shouldn't that, shouldn't that, right? Like isn't that what you should be setting out to do? Like from Jump Street, if you're a reporter and you wake up, I wonder what I'll do today. Mm, I think an honest reflection of reality is in order. Good job, journalists. <laughs> like it but, is. Uh, but this is where scary. this is where Go the ahead. conversation is is going towards the right place because there were for-profit companies whose only goal on this entire election was to spread false information so that they could create clickbait. And have people show up on their websites. And the problem is that when that gets turned into mass media, when it gets shared on Facebook, and then when sites like Politico or the New York Times or the Washington Free Beacon or Groupspeak, they then don't do their work and make sure that they figure out that these things are fake before they start posting them. That's how misinformation spreads. So that's where a lot of the complaints are coming from, is that when Obama, and while I don't agree with this statement, when he comes forward and he says, well, we need to have an acceptable set of terms on what we agree what the media is, a lot of that comes down to we don't want propaganda from anyone. We don't want the false narrative to be spread. We want to be able to give people the facts. And there was a ton of misinformation spread during this election. That is absolutely untrue the obama administration loves propaganda and ben rhodes owned it <laughs> talking about the iran deal that is why you don't have the government putting too many regulations on the press and i'm sorry if you cannot adult okay and look at alex jones and Infowars, or think progress and go hmm that doesn't sound like reality okay then we have a complete different set of issues that go with education and, and, and education around basic civics, okay? And I don't see the Washington Free Beacon or the New York Times picking something up from Think Progress or Infowars and making hay with that without doing their fact-checking. Every once in a while, does one of these loony sites get something right? Yeah, they do. Every once in a while. 
but they get mocked by folks in the mainstream media just as much as as anything else. But to say that the New York Times, you know, or or Washington Free Beacon or the Federalist or ABC News throughout this entire election season has not had an agenda where people are getting up and saying, okay, we have a perspective at least we're going to put out there and make it news, then you haven't been watching or listening. And and well, that's that, yeah. the problem. Therein, yeah, therein lies the problem that all these so-called journalists said, I've got a moral imperative to rip Donald Trump down. And then it, people, people in America are smart. People in the world are smart. And you just start smelling like, wow, they're out to get him. I'm being lied to. It, uh, if, if the government ever starts talking about we're going to set some standards here, I go, I run screaming into the woods with my laptop and my two-way radio. <laughs> well, I mean, it, setting standards have is, to what be... they did, is what they did to Cheryl Atkinson. It's what they did to James Rosen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you can't, uh, you can't have right. that. And let's not forget that uh, our our guy Obama. He remember when he took office and he said Fox News isn't real news. I'm not going to let him in. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, but yeah, it, it, talk- hold on, hold on, hold on. To be fair, this was the network that pushed the birther movement. I mean, and is that someone you would want to deal with? Like, if, if I were coming to this podcast every week and making up things about you that weren't true on a news network and saying that they were facts, wouldn't you get frustrated as well? I remember coverage of the birther question. I don't remember any host at the time saying that they believed it was, in fact, true. Check, go back and look up Steve Ducey then. Is oh, Steve, Steve Ducey, the guy from Fox and Friends? Yeah, that's where a lot of this started. Well, Fox Steve and Friends Ducey? is like the Today Show. <laughs> banning Fox News because of Fox and Friends is like banning NBC because of Matt Lauer. That's totally – that doesn't make any sense. Well, no, it does because one is on a news network. It is Fox and Friends on Fox News. It lends itself as news. And let's be honest, Matt Lauer didn't come out of this whole thing smelling like a rose either after the Commander-in-Chief Forum. Well, I, tell you, I tell you who else didn't come out smelling like a rose is Donna Brazil. Does she still have a job? She's still working somewhere? Well, she's still covering the DNC. And, and you're all like about the like Democratic Party and the, the presidential election next time. I'm like sitting here being wholly entertained by this whole thing for the DNC chair and the, the guy that's challenging Pelosi. Oh, yeah. That poor soul. That poor soul. He doesn't stand a chance. What's his name? Love uh, something? No, Jim... Uh, I just lost his last name. I read an article on him, though. A nice guy. They would do well to pick him. (laughs) Well, I I tell you, it is so jacked up. It is is just jacked up. I want Donald Trump to shake it up even more. Like, I think he's going to go back on everything. Like, oh, he's not going to go after uh, Clinton, like he said. Oh, hey, look. And like, and I, I love it how like Democrats are like wrapping themselves up in like, see, we told you, see, we told you. When Donald Trump is like, hey, I'm going to keep an open mind about climate change. They're like, aha. Like, what is the bad part in that? Like, for you, because he didn't say no to science. Now he's a bad guy. What the heck? I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be awesome. Everyone's going to get angry. Uh, the only thing that he has to do, that dude, he's got, he's got to build a wall. He's got to build a wall. He's not building a wall. <laughs> 
Now, he, he's got to bring manufacturing jobs back to this country. If he does that, then he's going to bring the country together well. Oh, I, th- I think how can it how can it not come back? How well, it can was it coming not? back anyway? Yeah, I just think he's just going <laughs> to uh, grease the skids by lowering the corporate tax rate. And I, yep. it's going to it's going to make its way back. Regardless, and we've said it before on this program. Yeah, we're already our on economy track to be number one. Our in economy is to China. bulletproof. Our economy is bulletproof. All you have to do is just sit back and watch. Just stay out of the fucking way. Okay. Um, we should probably. Uh, I want to. Ah, there's so much I want to do. I thought that was. I thought it was a very slow news cycle, but it turns out there was a ton with Castro and Mitt Romney. I wanted to talk about how awesome the new Star Trek movie is. I know, Andrew, we disagreed on this. Yes, we did. Before, I had to go to Ohio for uh, personal reasons, for family stuff. Not happy family stuff, sad family stuff. So the night before I left, I'm like, I'm just going to escape. I'm just going to escape. And so I went out and I got Star Trek Beyond. And man, oh, man. Talk about having the spirit of the old TV show just being straight up fun and entertaining. It was outrageously good. It gets two thumbs up from the Loftus party. There is a sequence in there and I don't want to ruin it. Spoiler alert. Well, I I won't spoil it. Andrew, you have to watch it. You have to watch the whole movie. (laughs) There is a sequence in there and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I could have watched it 50 times. I could have watched it 50 times as a sci-fi nerd, as a lover of pop music, as a lover of outer space stuff blowing up. I was, I just, oh my Lord. It was the best thing I'd seen in ages. And you know who wrote the script? Simon well, co-wrote Pegg. it? Simon Pegg. And I, he, um, I, I like stayed up. I watched the behind the scenes stuff. The director was fantastic. I'm sorry that I don't know his name. Justin The Lynn. other Justin Lin did a great job. And who else wrote it with Simon Pegg? Uh, I'm blanking on who his direct writing partner was. The The whole thing, there, there was a whole behind the scenes thing where Roberto Orsi was originally going to direct it and uh, yeah. write the script. And so there was that script. And, you know, you, you would know WGA rules better than me. I'm Googling right now to see who uh, wrote. Well, I gave, I gave Simon Pegg. I gave Simon Pegg a lot of love, and you can see his his fingerprints on it when you watch the movie. But the other dude who wrote it, and I I feel bad I can't remember his name. Doug he knocked Young. it out of the park. Yeah, those guys. And you know you know what else he did? That that uh, Doug dude. He also played Sulu's husband. Ah. Now I know, and here's and here's the other thing that I loved about it. Sulu in this reality is a gay guy. And it did not change his character at all. They did this really tiny, minimalist thing. It's what I love about good movies, where all the, all they did is Sulu was like he wanted to get home, and he had a little picture of his uh, daughter on the dashboard. He gets to the star base. There's a dude and his daughter waiting for him. They put their arms around each other and they walk away. They don't gross you out with a kiss. They don't, you know, they don't beat you over the head with it. It was just like, bloop, just that little, just a little thing. Oh, by the way, Sulu's gay. Does he still know how to fight? Yes. Can he steer the Enterprise? Oh, you better know he can't. It was perfect. Tonally, it was just perfect. You have to watch it. You must watch the new Star Trek. Okay. There you have it. I'm all for that. Um, Loftus party news with the daily dose just keeps getting better and better. It's going to get a little weirder and weirder. 
I want it to get weirder. I am I am embracing I've already got my New Year's resolution. I am embracing my inner weirdo. And that is gonna reflect in the website. We're gonna we're gonna start pushing a few more boundaries. Cause weird is good. Better have some fun right now. In a responsible way. Don't hurt anybody. But if you wanna have your fun and not look back and have a boatload of regrets, go get some now. Go get some now. If you're like, wow, I should ask that girl out who works at the diner because it's 1942, go ask her out. Go get your freak on is what I'm saying. So there we have it. Shall we get into some Michael Tope? Oh, oh, yeah. I got so many Michael Topias, it's stupid. I'm very opinionated this week, and it's a good thing. Are we ready for Michael Topias? Yes, we are. All righty. In, in the great big blue ball that we live on, there's a bunch of goofy rules and a bunch of wacky standards we have to live by but in Michaeltopia we have a different set of rules we have a different set of standards and laws so we give you now the latest addition to the rules of Michaeltopia Stacy you're up well we kind of covered this a little bit but in Michaeltopia we teach history well enough that you could wear a Che t-shirt or you could wear a Castro t-shirt you would just be smart enough not to yes Thank you very much. That uh, that Che, what's his last name? Guevara. Not the not the best person on the planet. No. And I think it's hilarious that he's all over T-shirts. People have no idea. They have no idea. And we're a constitutional republic. Let's not forget that. Yes, we are. Exactly. All right, Andrew, what do you got? All right, in Michaeltopia, I'm I'm dipping my toe into controversy here, but in Michaeltopia. The Secret Service gets to stay at Trump Tower for free. <laughs> is he charging them? Yes, that's the plan, is that now that Melania and Barron are going to stay at Trump Tower, there's talk that the Secret Service might have to rent an entire floor at the cost of $3 million a year so that uh, they can have all of their security equipment in one place. Oh, so there's talk. Yes, and that's why I'm saying, so, look, yeah. here's the thing. He, so he owns the building. You're concerned about a rumor. He owns the building. He has got to provide that space for free. I mean, I've got strong feelings about whether or not they should be doing it in the first place, but if he's going to do that and he's going to let his wife and his son stay at Trump Tower and they need Secret Service protection and he owns the building, he's got to put them up for free. He's not getting paid. He's doing the job for free. Don't you think you owe him a little something? No. Nah. No, because he, he, he said this on The Apprentice, actually. He had a very smart guy named Bradford who could have had immunity uh, in one of the boardrooms. And Bradford said, you know what? I did such a good job. I would be willing to throw away my immunity uh, because my performance was so good. You would be silly to throw me out even if I wasn't immune. And so Trump said, I'll give you that opportunity. And he says, fine, take away my immunity. No problem. And you know what Trump went ahead and did? He went ahead fired and, him. Yeah, he went ahead and fired the guy. Trump had the opportunity to take a salary. So you don't get to say, well, you know, I could have taken a salary. I'm not taking one. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, since I didn't, you should give me bonus points. I, I don't know. I don't see what you're upset about. I say the Secret Service is going to protect them wherever they go. So if they're in Trump Tower, then by goodness, they're in Trump Tower. Well, and the Secret Service charges the government all the time so there's always talk about how much protecting the president and his family etc costs when they do various things so it's i don't know that it directly goes to trump tower my guess is it goes to the agency but that's just me 
Yeah, on the on the big list of stuff I'm worried about, that one's pretty far down, pretty far down on the list. Okay, in Michaeltopia, if you are watching a opinion program on a news channel, there is a constant and never-ending scroll that says, this isn't news, this is someone's opinion. I'm talking to you, Sean Hannity and Joy Reid. For the length of your program, there is a scroll that says, this is Sean's opinion, or this is Joy's opinion. This isn't news. This isn't news. It's just someone's opinion. I think we'll all be a lot better off. I like it. I'm good All right. Stacy, what you got? In Michaeltopia, during the holiday season, Amazon Prime is standard. Ooh. What do you mean? It's Oh, oh, meaning it's all just free delivery? It's all two-day shipping. It's all, yeah. Okay, for a second, I thought it was like standard delivery. I thought you were like anti-free delivery for a <laughs> no, second. No, no, I'm no, I'm like, that's, no. A, that's a really bizarre Michaeltopia. No, no. In Michaeltopia, from Black Friday, actually until probably the week after Christmas, you can do all your returns and get what you really wanted. Um, Amazon Prime is the standard nationwide. Okay, I like it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. It's a miracle they can keep up with what they've got right now, but let's let's no. do it. Andrew, do you have another one? I got another one. All right. In Fantastic. Mike, in Michaeltopia, if there is something going on at the Dakota Access Pipeline where there are attacks and grenades going off, I shouldn't have to watch it on Shailene Woodley's Facebook live feed. Okay. You're talking about the people who are camped out by the Dakota Pipeline because they don't want it to get finished, right? Yes. Why what? can't Here's I the deal. find Here's any the deal. news on that? I guess they've been out there for a month. They've been camping yep. out there for a month. Who are the – and I, I'm glad you brought it up. Who are these people and what do they want? So these are the people who live on the Indian Reservation land that currently is slated to have the Dakota Access Pipeline go through it. And they're concerned because they looked at the environmental report and they were like, oh, no, 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 this is wrong. They they, they did this incorrectly. They, they, they clearly just glossed over this. This is going to affect our water. And their concerns are actually legitimate because originally it was going to go through a more upper class neighborhood that was closer to the Missouri River. And the scientists who look at it there said, oh, yeah, 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 this is definitely going to affect the water. We, 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 we can't put this here. So they are currently protesting this pipeline that is going to be flowing oil underground directly through their land. Apparently it's gotten violent, and I can't find any information about it in the mainstream media. I have had to go to Shailene Woodley's Facebook where she's been live streaming it from her cell phone, and other than a few websites like Think Progress, I can't find anything reliable about it. Here is what – this is what I, I just completely dread. Here's what I – here's what – it's almost a rhetorical question, but it's not. Did we make some kind of treaty with the Indians – about this pipeline and then change it at the last second. Stacy, no. can you take this one? <laughs> I don't believe we did. We just said we're coming through, which you can't really do. <laughs> it makes me sick. It There's makes me sick. There's a whole bunch I'm of outraged. problems with this that nobody's talking about. And of course, because it's protesters, you have a bunch of commentators on the right saying, jail them, tear gas them. I'm like, you know, I don't think that's the right answer. If a bunch I think of there's a Indians, lot of misinformation out there. If the tribal elders have spoken and they don't want this thing on their reservation, guess who wins? The tribal elders. Exactly. My goodness. How is this happening? How is this happening in 2016? Who would 
Now, listen, if they signed off on it, if they said, yeah, your pipeline's cool, bring it on, hopefully nobody changed something at the last second. Hopefully there's no shenanigans. It just reeks of shenanigans. Well, it, it reeks of shenanigans. And it's unfortunate and it's frustrating because this is a pipeline that's owned by a private company that is currently using uh, eminent domain to have this pipeline go through this Indian reservation. You can't use eminent domain on an Indian reservation. Well, that's what they're claiming. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We need to follow up on this. This has me completely outraged. Completely outraged. We should spend – we should – well, listen. We'll chop off some of that BS in the beginning to make sure this is in because this, this is unacceptable behavior for America in 2016. I hate eminent domain. I despise eminent domain. Eminent domain is just straight up evil. Just straight up evil. You know how I get about the estate tax? Yes. And it's just yes. wrong? Eminent, eminent domain, domain is just wrong. I cannot stand it. You have a I little will, bit of a thing about private property rights. I tell you what, I'm, I get all Ayn Rand about that. That's what makes, that's what, that's what makes America great. You know, respect somebody else's property. They respect your property. Uh, we'll chip in to fix the roads. But beyond that, I'm on my fence. I'm doing some freaky stuff. You're over on your side of the fence. You're doing your freaky stuff. I don't care as long as nobody gets hurt. But once the government starts coming in with eminent domain, no, 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 no. Okay, then. Yeah. Okay. So we oh. could say in Michaeltopia, there is no such thing as eminent domain. Unless I need something. <laughs> <laughs> that is our show. We had a great one, a post-Thanksgiving feast for the ears. Andrew Apple, what do you got going on this week? Well, I got a new episode of uh, The Flip Side with Michael Loftus that's due at the end of the week, so uh, I got to be spending what? some time doing that. That's cray-cray. Stacy, what do you got going on? Um, I've got a lot of work to do on the loftusparty.com, and apparently there needs to be an article about this Indian reservation, so I'm going to go do some research. Yeah, let's fire up. Yeah, let's make some noise on that thing. I want people to, I want people to go to loftusparty.com and, and first, be entertained. Uh, second, laugh a little bit. Third, be stimulated and learn something. There that's you go. What, and that's, that's what we've been doing, and that's what we're going to keep on bringing you. I am back in production on uh, Kevin Can Wait. I have a script I need to finish. I want it to be funny. I want it to be wonderful. Kevin Can Wait is on CBS Monday nights. Check that out. And also, the big, the big, big, big news, uh, the flip side, all new episodes starting in December. You got to go to YouTube America and find out where it is on your cable system. Go to your DVR because chances are if you don't have YouTube America, you've got Family Entertainment TV. And if you don't have that, there's going to be a station in your area that is showing it. We are across the country and coast to coast. And here's the other thing I want you to do. Tell your friends. Tell people that you're watching the show. Let's get a little grassroots thing happening here. We got a movement. We got a movement. All right. You're wonderful. I love you all. Some of you I love more than others. So it's not equal. I'm not going to lie to you. However, we had a blast. We'll do it again next week. The Loftus Party Podcast, theloftusparty.com, and the flip side on TV. Oh my goodness, it's a movement. I'll see you guys next week. 